Please insert additional coin. It's Gakesy Lee. You honor me with your presence. Crispy Lee. How can one so tiny hurt so much? Brad Ziegler. He's usually stronger than the average and has a friendly attitude. It's Sports Unsealed. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It is Sports Unsealed. Jake Seely, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler with you guys as always. And everything's great. Everything's the same, except things are going to change, possibly. We possibly have a new name coming for you. But the good thing is that we're going to continue doing the same and talking football to get you ready for the fantasy football season. If you want baseball, we still have a podcast specifically for that entire 45 minutes, hour. You got almost daily rates and burials. Go check them out on the podcast. You're already here on the podcast, but just in case you've never been to the website or vice versa, website's top right-hand corner, app is bottom left-hand corner, and we have more football podcasts coming, including a ranking show I'll be doing in season, so you don't even have to check the link all the time. You can just listen to the po- hashtag listen to pod. Can we say that, guys? Yes. Something like that yes. with myself and Brandon Funston, so that'll be good times. But, guys, holy, it seems like every time we have a Wednesday episode, by the time we roll around to Monday, it's like, holy crap, there's a lot of information, a lot of news by the time we get back around. It's going to be jam-packed shows on Monday from here on out, I think. Yeah, I mean, preseason is in full full swing, and injuries are going to happen, unfortunately, and we're going to have things to break down. So, I'm, you know, Wednesday shows are going to be great, but Monday shows is kind of where it's at. Dude, and Brad, yeah, I, I, got to, I, I got to tell you something. Look, I told my sister the same thing. I can't. I'm not comparing like I, I compare it like a three out of ten. Let me just make that clear. I'm not saying it's even close to your levels in the seven. It's not close. I'm just saying okay. I can't imagine you, my sister, anybody out there who has one, let alone multiple kids after the first week of Barkley being in this house because like puppy, <laughs> it, I know it's like, oh, it's kind of like a baby. And that's why I say it's three out of ten. But holy geez, man, it's like. It's only been one week, and I actually think she's doing a really good job for one week of mostly whining when she wants to go outside. But, Brad, like a perfect example yesterday is like, you know, I sat out there for an hour because we had to go to the vet to get her dewormer. And I sat out there. For, I was like, look, I know you're going to go to the bathroom in the car because I took her to get her nails done. and She peed in the crate in the car. It's like, look, I know you're going to go to the bathroom in the car. Just go before we go. <laughs> sat out there for an hour. Never went. Get in the car. Get halfway there. She not only pees, she poops, steps in it, steps in the towel, turns just all it was poop all over the damn crate, all over her, all over the place. My car, I had my windows down. Oh my god, I can't imagine having multiple kids, Brad. Yeah, and potty training is tough, I will admit. But we have two kids, two dogs in the house full time, and and it's you know it, it is a challenge for sure. And fortunately, my wife is a saint and lets me come downstairs and, and do a podcast a couple times a week because she's having to handle all that by herself while I'm up here or while I'm down here. You're going to have to get those like pee pads or something, Jake, and put them all over the no, house. So she, so no, they I chew have... on them. Thank they you. They chew on those things. Yeah. <laughs> so I put a pee pad in her crate upstairs during the night because I let her sleep in my bedroom at night in the crate. Get her crate trained, but also because if I hear her whine, I can take her out just in case. She still hasn't gotten through the night. She gets... I go to bed at midnight. She wakes up right around 5, 5.30 to go to the bathroom and go back to sleep. And then she wakes up again at 7 o'clock when I get up. So in any case, point being, it's to Brad's point. One night only did she pee on the pee pad. The other nights, she's just torn it up as Brad says. She just eats it. <laughs> Vicious. I like it. Yeah. Daddy Jakey. Yeah, Daddy Jake is getting there. So far, Barkley's yeah. been doing good. I shouldn't have said her name. I'll probably wake her up. But anyway, let's talk about, speaking of Barkley, let's talk football and stuff like that. Real quick before we get into fantasy football, I want to speak to this just because it came up since Wednesday, and especially you, Brad, because we've had this discussion before with other sports about players jumping straight to professional, and it's like, you know, people argue about it all the time. You can get out of college, you can go to any career you want, and then the flip side is, well, you're not going to get the job you want unless you go to college, like, uh, depending, all that type of stuff. Point being, there's talk out there right now, Brad, that Trevor Lawrence, for people that don't know, he's the Clemson quarterback, the amazing, you know, surfered hair dude looking guy. It just He has the talent, arguably, people say, to be in the NFL right now. I don't think so as much as I think he's amazing because I still think he could use another year. But this started surfacing is the fact that he could go play in the XFL for the next two seasons and then go to the NFL and actually be playing of what they're saying, people more close to the caliber of the NFL than what he's going to see in college and that that he should take that route because he's going to make money. If an injury happens, he's already making money. Like, 
Brad, what's your opinion on this? Because this is kind of like multiple sports and this is multiple of like, you know, if you get hurt, at least you've made some money. This is, you know, you're not stuck in college and college taking it, you know, advantage all that type of thing. What are your thoughts on this? I, you know, th- this was first floated back in January. And then I think Mike Tannenbaum brought it up recently on ESPN. And that's why it's kind of resurfaced a little bit. Um, the, the biggest thing for him is he has to wait two more years before he can declare. You got to be three years out of high school to right. go to the NFL. And so it's not just this coming year. I, he's not going to leave Clemson right now three weeks before the season starts and, and you know, go to the XFL. At the same time, the, the thought is maybe next year do that. And who knows what they would pay him, um, you know, for that kind of deal. But at the same time, I, I'm not... I don't buy it. This looks like a guy, just, just watching him, he looks like a guy who would just flat out love the college life. He had a, a blast last year leading his team to the national title. Is, is You can just see like the chemistry with him and his teammates. I think he would have a really difficult time walking away from that after doing it for a couple years. And it's the, it's a lot different for um, the guy, you know, the, the there was a the high school basketball prospect that's going to Australia to, to play. And I think there may be a couple of them now. They've never gotten to college and experienced some of that to start with. Some of that camaraderie that comes with being there and going to class and hanging out with these guys in the dorm. Once you get that experience, I think your feelings on it change. And I, I don't see him. I mean, not that he, you know, I, I don't think he's. Let's put it this way. I'm not as concerned with a quarterback having a serious injury as opposed to a running back or a wide receiver or whatever. Like he, not that he can't have it, but quarterbacks can come back from more serious injuries a lot easier than, um, you know, than, than other positions, unless you're, you know, the Alex Smith type injury where it's just really catastrophic and, and, you know, but that's, that's just so rare that I would think that, that the experience and the, the opportunity he would have to, to enjoy that camaraderie with his teammates would outweigh the the possible you know the risk of the downside. Yeah, I think I think it's just kind of a lot of talk. I mean, we, the number floating around is thirty million. <laughs> I'm sure you know if you're Trevor Lawrence, you're going to think about that a couple times. Uh, you know that money that's going to be tossed out at you uh, a couple times. Yeah, I'm not even maybe I'm just thirty saying, okay. million times. <laughs> um, but what do you want? Yeah, I mean. He's got a he's got it made pretty good right now, actually. You know, playing some college football. I mean, going over to the XFL. There's a lot of question marks. I'm sure it's going to be better this time around. It's going to be better than the AF, but things could also go wrong. I mean, he could. I I don't want to predict injuries, but I feel like maybe there's a better chance of him getting hurt at the XFL than college football. Like, I, I don't know what kind of league that's going to be like. I mean, oh, just yeah, the, stay the course. He's kind of lanky. Yeah, stay the course. You're going to get paid anyways. You're going to be the man in college. Like. Would you be the man in the XFL for like oh. a minute? That's it. And, and and let's be honest, he may be making close to that in college too. Like that, uh, there's there's that possibility. Uh, <laughs> cash showing up in his envelope, slipped under his door, and, and wait, they do that? You know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I know. Not 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 uh, for us, so, you know, thirtieth round <laughs> draft picks or anything, but yeah. So two sides of this, real quick, is one is you said think about it a couple times, Chris. I got to tell you, thirty million dollars. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, college. Yeah. I'm playing in the XFL even if it's only two years, because I keep going back to like one, like let's talk about Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb destroyed his knee in college was of the prospect level of Todd Gurley. And he's just getting back to that. He's a success story. The success story of something like that, of an injury that catastrophic to get back to where he is, is like one in 50, like that. He's not the common, he's not the, 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 the normal situation. And you look at players like, the Bosa's. I was just watching this yesterday. I was thinking, are the Bosa's just an injury-riddled family? Because, you know, we already have the younger one who's having issues now. And I just go back with Joey and Nick Bosa, both of them, back and forth and back and forth. So I'm just thinking in my mind, like, yeah, okay, if he blows out his shoulder next year, is he really going to get that money? I know likely, you know, if he could get back for another year in college, he would be, Chris. But I just $30 million. Now, if we're talking five, yeah. you know, and then not to poo-poo on $5 million. <laughs> not five. But, but I, that's where I bring in the other side of what you guys both said, is it's not just the college life. Like, let's look at his freaking team like this team probably has three four first round defensive players on that side of the ball they probably have I mean you go down his wide receivers his fourth and fifth wide receiver are like ones on 90 percent of the other college teams and like the fact is that T Higgins Justin Ross uh who's the other one Lance Ladson and uh I can't remember the other two now Rogers is one of them and I can't remember the other guy's got one of those uh Different, different name, like with like a silent N or something. Oh, Nagata. Nagata that's the other yeah, one. Yeah, he's got yeah, he's yeah. got five freaking wide receivers. So anyway, that's the point where I kind of agree with you guys is like the college life, the talent that he's playing with. He arguably might have better talent around him at Clemson. Probably will. Than he would 
on an XFL team. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah, and he probably has an NFL offensive line to protect him exactly. too. And that's, not to mention true. every rule rule change that recently regarding quarterbacks has to has been to protect them. And so the the odds of him, he's not a running quarterback, you know, to the point where he's putting himself out there all the time in dangerous. Like he's I, I think he's just I'm not as concerned with an injury with him. Like you just don't see that in quarterbacks very often in college where I mean, what name the last quarterback that you saw get hurt in their last year and and it affected their their draft stock? Like, I, it just doesn't happen. So no, I'm I wouldn't be concerned about like that, that at all. Yeah, he's so, in he's in such a good spot. But good on Vince McMahon for trying this. Like, this is I mean to scoop up the best player out of the NFL before a year or two before he can get to the NFL. It's it's decent on his part. It's a good effort. My only concern, well, I guess concern, but it's good. And I mean, you could look at it both ways. Is like if he's willing to drop that much money on a player, yeah. Like how much money is he counting on losing to make sure this works? Because as the AF showed us, yeah, you you need to lose a lot of money just to get through first year, similar to a restaurant. But anyway, uh, I'm glad you said rule changes, Brad, because this is one other thing that football related. The pass interference review challenges are in full effect because it, hey, it's week one of the preseason. We saw nine instances, and I just want to throw this at you guys just so you know. So Chicago, Green Bay, Detroit, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, all challenged to get defensive pass interference called. It wasn't called, and they wanted it called. No change. All of them. None. Offensive pass interference on Buffalo, they challenged. It was upheld. Minnesota wanted offensive pass interference on the Saints. It wasn't, or you know, wasn't overturned. Seattle's was upheld. No challenge um, for theirs. The only one that was changed was the Jets had defensive pass interference on the Giants. They wanted it and got it on Ballantyne. That was one of nine. One of nine, Chris. So, like, again, you didn't see all of them. I didn't see all of them. I just saw the reports of them. I actually saw highlights of a few of them. But one of nine, hearing that, like, does that change your opinion? Do you think it's still going to be a good change? Does this actually make you think this is just going to be annoying and taking up more time? Or how are you on this so far? Because it's not something we've talked about since it first came up. No, it's not. And, yeah, I admit I haven't seen a lot of these these challenges yet, but I'm kind of leaning towards so far annoying. It's only been, like, a handful of preseason games, I think 17. So we need to, you know, see this play out. It's obviously new to everybody. Um, I think coaches will learn what is actually going to get called and what's not going to get called. There's going to be some confusion. I mean, we talked on air before we got on here about an actual catch. I think there's still some confusion in the NFL just regarding <laughs> that rule. Uh, and now we're implementing this one. I, I think it's going to be good for the game, but it's going to have to take some time, I think, to you know iron out all the kinks. But so you're still thumbs up. I'm still thumbs up. I, I like the idea. What happened between the Saints and the Rams last year is just completely uncalled for on the biggest stage of football. To go to the Super Bowl was just to, – to miss that was, was crazy. So that's what I hope happens is those those calls that everybody sees that's actually a, a penalty gets, you know, overturned and the correct call is made. But I, I think that like in the first few weeks there there could be a lot of head scratching on what's actually gonna be called here. And I and I think that's what a lot of what's happening right now is you're using the preseason as kind of a test run. They want to know how you know how serious does an infraction have to be to to get overturned. And and I think the NFL is kind of proving like, look, we're one, only wanting to do this on the, the grievous mistakes, the, the ones that are the most obvious, because we're not just going to overturn. Oh, yes. Is there contact? Sure. But did it affect the receiver? No. So we're not going to overturn it. And that's that's what you want. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of the challenges in the preseason than we will in the actual regular season, because you're going to know by the end of the preseason, it takes a a you know, a major offense to get, you know, to get this overturned. And if that's the case, then, um, you know, I, if I was a coach, I would be using my challenge every single yes, opportunity agreed. I had in preseason because I want to know. I just want to, you know, know visually what is it going to be. And and Matt Patricia was saying that. He's like, look, there was a couple where I saw the defensive back turn his head, so I didn't throw those. But then there was one where he didn't turn his head, and I threw it. There wasn't a lot of contact, but he was kind of shielding. They didn't overturn it, and that helps me know going forward that's not going to be one that's overturned. And, and that's what, you know, that's what we're saying in the preseason. Like it's all just a matter of finding it out. And, you know, we talked about the catch rule. I, I was still, I mean, it was a, a preseason game, second play of the game, but the, the, the chiefs forced a fumble on the second play of the game and they ended up overturning it and calling an incomplete pass on review. And I was just shocked because it, it's like, I still don't understand that. We're not going to understand this completely but hopefully, like you said, it's just for the the major offenses that we're trying to, you know, it, you yeah. don't want it, you don't want it showing up 
on highlights over and over on ESPN like the Saints Rams play. No, exactly. So if that's the outcome, still big thumbs up for me because it was just always why isn't it reviewable? The yeah. only concern I have, and to your point, is hopefully that's the case, Brad. Hopefully they're throwing it out every single time to kind of test it. Is that we don't have one, but because it is a challenge and it does take it away if you don't get it overturned, I think that will keep it in check. I think it's smart how they did it, and looks like it's going to be a good change. It just, as you guys said, it might take a little bit of time. By the way, the, Chris, did you have a song pop in your head when he goes, "I want to know," and then pop paused? Because no. as soon as you said, "I want to know," and you, the way you paused, I was like, "Will you be my girl?" <laughs> I was waiting for you to start singing, and you just never did it. It literally just popped. I was, I was thinking either that one, or I was gonna say the probably most common one would be "I want to know what love is." Popped into your head, but that was a little too slow for our show. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, new changes here, but we're we're picking up speed. We are. You know what else isn't changing though? We have to talk about him again. Antonio Brown starting to feel like Odell Beckham. It's like every freaking show. Uh, the only reason we're bringing him up this time is because now we have to talk about his helmet. And actually, just this morning, we actually we have a report. So in case you missed it, uh, it was the feet. Oh, by the way, guys, I accidentally saw his feet. Uh, I texted you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you did. For everybody you out there. It. I texted both as bad these guys. As what you thought, right? No, I call these guys wusses. I call them, like if anybody's ever had a callus remover on their foot or anything like that, that's all it looked like. It just looked like he put like a foot size callus remover on his foot and like the dead skin is coming off. I don't know what everybody so that that was that was by far not what I was I, I told you Brad and Chris on the text as I said I was imagining like bunions and oozing and blood blisters and like it was, I told I you it was, like, I told you to go take a peek at it Can't I know call but us you pusses, made it sound but... like the worst thing ever and it wasn't uh, so... yeah I just wanted to play it up a little bit but I really wanted you to go see it so what you were just scrolling through Twitter and you accidentally no saw it. I was working out and I had on ESPN the the one with uh, Levitard the TV his show oh yeah highly questionable uh, yeah, there you go. And like they they had to be talking about it or whatever because I just happened to turn it on and within 3 seconds it flipped up on the screen because they were talking about it. So Then they showed the old case. man's feet. And it was yeah. and it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh so he's Antonio Brown's saying he's telling the NFL he's going to sue them if he has an injury with the new helmet. He's trying to get he'll be allowed to wear his old helmet. He went so far as to paint his Steelers helmet like a Raiders helmet, which, by the way, you should put up in eBay. You could probably get a ton of money for to try and <laughs> fool the team to wearing that. Uh, that didn't fly, obviously. And we have a ruling this morning before we guys came on air. The NFL has come back and said policy. The helmets has had them certified by NOSCA or NOSCA, however you say it. It's the National Operating Commission on Standards for Athletic Equipment, blah, blah, blah. It's like people love those little things. It's like shield. So anyway, is they said they don't certify equipment past 10 years. And basically, if you play or practice with it, you're in breach of contract, as in you get zero money. Like, not even this is coming from the Steelers. This is coming from the NFL. You've breached your contract, the end. So this is going nowhere for Brown's case. It's either play with the new helmet or don't. Now, what do you do, Chris? Are we like... Now, are you pushing him back even further? Or do you think because it's such a hardline stance that it's going to be like... Antonio might just go, all right, fine, I'm an idiot, and maybe just get on the damn field. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like for him to yeah, come to his senses, but I can't, I can't give him the benefit of the doubt that he's just going to clue in that he's an idiot. Uh, I can't draft him. I can't touch him. I'm completely out. Like It's just one thing after another with this guy. Like For the feet, it's like, okay, fine, I'll let him drop down my draft board to the fact he's wide receiver 10, 11, or 12. And now it's like... You know, I've, I've old videos are servicing. I remember the the last interview he had. I think it was roughly a year ago, maybe even March, was just um, not even that long ago. He was talking about how he's completely content that he could just retire at any moment, and I wouldn't put it past him at this point that he <laughs> that he would. So I'm not going to take that risk. Right, I'm not going to take let that. Let me chance. pose a question to you, Chris. Yeah. You you have to pick one of the two. Third round, you have to draft Antonio Brown or Melvin Gordon. Oh yeah! Wow. Thanks. Um. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll just take <laughs> Melvin Gordon, and hopefully, I get really. It's that far at this no, point. No, I, I wouldn't. There's no way. I don't no want way. either of them. He put me in a tough spot, man. Anybody I else? Know, that's the point. Yeah, I get that's it. The point. I just. <laughs> Force me to pick a gun, guys. gun to your head. There's no way you're taking Melvin Gordon because there's a legit chance he misses the whole season. There's and a legit by chance choice. Antonio Brown doesn't play at all this year either. I don't. I don't think there's any way. Whenever he has an opportunity to to start getting twenty plus million dollar paychecks, 
or, or not each paycheck, but but whatever that would right, be on a game, right. you know, over a million dollars a week. There's no way he's going to miss because of this. Now, the the thing where he's suing, potentially suing if he gets hurt because of the helmet, he would have to prove that his other helmet would have protected him better. There is no way you win that lawsuit. No there way. is zero chance. Yeah. Like this is just a whole bunch of talk. Like it, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's his Maybe attorneys are. <laughs> He yes. sounds like a divorce attorney that's basically telling somebody what you want to hear. And, and his if his agent or his attorney is telling him, like, hey, you could sue them or whatever, that that's a bunch of garbage because there's no chance they win that lawsuit. So there's there's it, it would this is ridiculous. I think at some point he comes to his senses, he comes back. I still wouldn't draft him. Um I, I was lower on him to begin with than a lot of people before the foot thing, before the um, before the helmet thing, because I just don't trust Derek Carr. I, I think he's just not a, a good quarterback, and it doesn't matter if if Brown is obviously the best weapon there. He's still going to miss a bunch of throws, and if that's the case, then I, I you know, I would have had him in the third round initially, and and therefore I would have never gotten him because he was always going in the second round in every draft, and and now I push him even further back, and there's no way he slips it's to the fourth or fifth round. Such a bad look, like he's just on the sidelines without his brand new team because of this helmet issue. Like it's not just his feet too; it's it's just he should be at camp with his new team. Instead, he's off of the sidelines fighting about this helmet where there's like, how many people in the NFL? Nobody else is talking about this. Why is it just him? He's all alone on an island. Doesn't with have this the good vision on it. All right. So let me ask you specifically, Chris, because you and I were the ones on the opposite side of this argument from Brad. We, we already went down that path when we did this divisional preview. Yeah. And you and I were gobbling up the value because yeah. we actually thought he'd be a terrific value because of the 160 plus targets. I'm actually fine with Derek Carr. I don't think he's. I ne to be clear, I never thought he was going to be a top half of the league quarterback for that excitement after that one season. And I was on the out there like, no, I don't believe it. But he doesn't need to be for the production. I mean, look at Eli Manning. Eli Manning doesn't even need to be top 20 for Odell Beckham to have good numbers. So. I understand Brad's side. Brad certainly has a point, and you know we could definitely get to the end of the year, and he plays 16 games and doesn't even finish as a wide receiver one. But you, the, I say all that to say you and I are on the other side of it. Let's say Antonio Brown gets on the field before this weekend, is out there for week two of the preseason. Is it maybe, you know what, not even week two. Let's just say week three. He's out there for week three of the preseason. Is that enough for you, Chris, to feel okay with him now that we took him in the second round? Or are you still concerned because he's missed so much time, because he hasn't gotten into this new offense, hasn't gotten that chemistry that Brad's concerned with, with the fact that Derek Carr, that might not even the chemistry might matter because he might miss the pass anyway? Yeah, I mean, he may. I, I think we're a little bit too hard on Derek Carr. I think real life, Brad, I understand it from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, you have that you have that season you're talking about, Jake, a couple of years ago. He's always had completion percentages in the mid-60s. Like, he's... Yeah, he does some bonehead things. He throws behind the line. He throws past the line. Like he's done. We can sit here all week and talk about the stupid things that Derek Carr has done. But if he's on the football field by week three of preseason, absolutely. That's all I want to see. I just want to see him on the field, like with his new team. Like I want to prove to me that your feet are actually fine. You can run around and and you're not worried about <laughs> this helmet thing. So I think if he plays 16 games this year, he leads the league in targets, and I'm pretty confident saying that. I mean, this is a team that's going to be awful. They're going to be throwing a Sounds lot. They like don't you have got a lot a dollar of bet on your head, Brad. That's not with me. I'm, I, I mean, I, I don't. I have no problem with him leading the league in targets. I just don't know how many of them he's going to actually be catchable. Like that's the, that's the concern for me. 175 they, they targets have, and 115 catches. You'd be, you'd oh, be 115 catches. I'll 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 do the over under at 115 catches for sure. Okay, 114.5 because you guys got to have. A yeah, five I'm in. Pretty high. I'll take the pretty under high for number. sure on that one. But he's got to play week shot, one. You shot your shot yeah, a little I did. higher. Yeah, there. I did. Yeah, but he's got to play like week one, right? Like, like to get that. You know, just so you know. Yeah, and that's that's fair. That's fair. I know. I shot if he's on the field week one. Yeah. He played fifteen. He hasn't played sixteen games since. Well, no, I know. But I was gonna say he hasn't played sixteen games since two thousand fifteen. But he's basically on. You put him kind of right on yeah. his pace for his the last pace, three his seasons. Best. I mean, one hundred thirty-six really catches in twenty fifteen. Number. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I know. I'm saying like if you would. Vegas odd 16 games yeah that would have been so wait, wait let's make it clear let's put it out there are, are we saying 114.5 in 16 games yes <laughs> okay come on <laughs> I, I, well okay so I, I'll say this if he's on the field week one I'll give you 109.5 oh she's gonna drop it down for me I mean sure I'll take well, it but I he, think, he I has think, to play week that's one 15 games yeah like if he doesn't play week one no it doesn't matter how many games he just has to be on the field week one sure well, no, because he can't get hurt right if he gets hurt i lose <laughs> i lose the bet that's fine like it's it's all good it's a dollar it's hardly worth anything to you brad Come but, speaking of which oh, Chris, save it 
speaking speaking of which uh did, did so for the next topic i don't remember if we did chris did brad or i make a dollar bet with you on damian williams because if so that one's already nolan void yeah, that one's I mean, out the window yeah I, I should be getting money on damian williams <laughs> so like. let's talk about it real quick because we talked about it just a week week and a half ago and it was damian williams and i brought up the point and said look if we want to read into what the team is saying the team keeps saying the preseason is going to determine the backup to Damian Williams. It's for the second job is going to be determined on perform. Like they kept saying that. And then we got the news of Andy Reid being frustrated. And the same day is when we got that quote that said the preseason. Get- so all that. And then two days later, what do we get, Chris? We get, hey, I'm okay with that timeshare thingy. I, I forget exactly what I'm just paraphrasing there. Yeah. But he was, he was asked about time. Andy Reid was. Andy Reid was asked about timeshares. And he said, yeah. We could use that. I've seen it work, blah, 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 and all this type of stuff, and basically said yes without saying yes to it being a timeshare, though he never definitively said, I'm going to be, and he really hasn't been for his career as coaching. But you keep bringing up the 50 touches or 50 carries, and you know my pushback. My pushback is, well, every backup running back that took over for the lead never had 50 carries anyway, so I don't think that's fair to hold against them. But you have, and other people will, and I'm not saying you're the only one, but with this timeshare news now on top of it, actually technically committee talk now, wh- you were already the lowest. Now yeah. where do you draft Damian Williams? Well, I, I actually like him a little bit more now that people – Wait, that really? This, that this news oh, comes out and the that fact he's going to fo- – Yeah, the cost. Like I was never – you guys know I was never in on him. I, and to be honest, it's nobody was in on Damian Williams. It's a good running back. They just like the opportunity, and it's the same thing. Okay, if he's going to get – I don't know if anybody actually thought he was going to get 20 touches per game in this offense. I certainly didn't. I did. Crazy to, to think that. But anyways, <laughs> no. if you give him 12 to 15 touches in this offense, he can still be productive. Well, I should say 15 to 20. I had him. I think my projections had him at like 17.8 or something yeah. like that. I mean, read it. You're right. Andy Reid has never done this, but he's never he's never really had to to do this. He's he's had good running no. backs. I mean, he had him and he he came over and Kareem Hunt. They drafted him as a rookie. Matt Nagy's offense. They I mean, he led the league in rushing when he was in Philadelphia. He had right. Westbrook. Like he had guys. I'm not surprised to hear that it's going to be a bit of a timeshare and they're going to utilize all these running backs because it seems like two or three of them could be productive in this offense. There's really no need to give Damian Williams 20 touches a game. So I, I like him slightly more, honestly. I know that sounds crazy, but I just didn't like his price. It, it rem- and I text you guys this. It reminded me a while ago, a couple years ago, when everyone was drafting Spencer Ware in the third and you get Kareem Hunt in the tenth. It's like, oh, great. I don't want nothing to do with Ware. And all of a sudden, Ware got hurt and Kareem Hunt, it just flipped. He was a second-round pick, a third-round pick. And now it's the same thing. I was getting all these shares of Thompson. I was getting these shares of Hyde. And now, because I didn't want to spend that price on Damian Williams, but if he's going to fall all of a sudden to the fourth round where he's an RB18, 19, I saw him go as RB23, 24 this past weekend. Oh I'm all about that. I'll take that every time. But I wasn't drafting him as a top 12 running back. No chance. Wait, wait, okay. That, oh, my, so, so, was that, oh, my gosh, excitement oh, or oh, my excited. gosh? Yeah, he's fired up. Okay. I, I'm appalled that he is that low. I will say that. <laughs> I didn't know what how far he had dropped. I, okay, so so – as a Chiefs fan who literally watches every single game, let me tell you, Kareem Hunt, at last year, the 11 games he played where he was a top five running back, was on. he was averaging 18.8 touches per game. He doesn't need, in this offense, he doesn't need 20 touches to be a top, uh, a top back. So that being said, they never, I got in a little bit of a, a Twitter spat with Jacob Rickroad um, this weekend about this because he kept saying, you know, well, I told him, even when Hunt was the main guy, he was never, I mean never, on the field third downs. It was always either Spencer Ware or Charkandrick West. And he said, he goes, that's not true. He had 20, 26 catches last year. And I said, well, how many of them were on third down? He said two. Two catches on third down last year in 11 games. He was not on the field in that time, and he was still one of the most productive running backs in all of football. And so with that being the case, they they already use this type of committee. Darwin Thompson is not an every down back. He's a third down back, and he's a really good receiving back from what I saw at least this last weekend. But he's too small. He's 5'8", 200 pounds. He's not going to be the between the tackles guy when you've got Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde, who are much bigger backs. Those... Now, that being said, I could see Damian Williams potentially getting spelled on the goal line, but that's not that's not typically Andy Reid's you know his his pass the that the, there's not a goal line back that right. it's not like they have a giant bruiser to to step in and 
you know, well, even go refrigerator, back to Jamal, refrigerator. Go pairing. back to Jamal Charles. It's not like they were always right. bringing in some hammer. Right. To yeah. Him at. If a guy proves he can get in the end zone, he's staying on the field. And Damian Williams proved that at the end of last year. I, I still, I have him as a top eight running back on the season. And I, that's not changing for me because of what Reed said, especially because uh, I, I mentioned this too on Twitter. One of my favorite things from a fantasy owner perspective is when people overreact to what coaches say in August, because they are never, no coach is going to go out and give away secrets to a, the, the other team and say like, this is exactly what we're going to do because then the other team can prep. For Unless it. it's Pete Carroll. And, yeah. He'll tell you straight Well, <laughs> fair enough. But, but he, for the most part, that doesn't happen. And so when, when people overreact to, to coach speak in August, that is my favorite thing to jump on the opportunity. And if I can get Damian Williams in the third round, I'm all over it. And when you said like early fourth, that's just absurd to me. I would still draft him in the second because um, I, I I don't want to miss out on the opportunity, the upside that comes with being the, the lead back in this offense. You hear that, Chris? You yeah, said he's stupid. drinking the red Kool-Aid all right. <laughs> Top eight <laughs> running back, no chance. The, the, let, me, let me ask you this because you know I'm more on the side of Damian Williams, although I've cooled off a little. I've I ticked this touches down. I got the rankings projections will be out today it's not quite the close to 18 but it's not very far off like i, I don't know if you'll end up at eight uh, well i think he was only like nine before this i think it'll still be fringy rb1 so i'm still 90 percent with brad on this does does his impassioned speech help you at all or do you still be like <laughs> no screw it no i agree with a lot of what he said in terms of yeah he's not going to well, get the point 20 about touches. the third down is very interesting it's very interesting Hunt. also i mean how many third downs does this team have i mean they rolled through the offense all year i mean well that's also too many point. third downs with this team <laughs> Who needs third down when you score on the first one? Yeah, I mean, this team is is unbelievable. So I understand I understand a lot of what Brad's saying. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, the, the upside, <laughs> the touches. I said before he started, he only needs 12 to 15 to be productive in this offense. He's not going to well, be a guy was- that gets 20 touches. I just feel like he's – I mean, you're talking about Thompson's uh, statue and how he's built. I mean – Damian Williams is like, what, 5'10", 220? Like, he's not a big boy either. I just feel like they'll roll through some of their guys. And it's unfair he's to sit here and though. say that he's going to get hurt because I'm not saying that. And it's totally unfair. Nothing really to right. back that up besides, you know, the, the well, small sample on the resume. S- somebody on Twitter this morning, to your point, Chris, is somebody said, well, you know, I know Saquon – they made a joke about the puppy. And they're like, you know, Saquon Barkley 101, but I still am kind of concerned about the offense. Mm. And do you think his floor is safe? And I said, let's be honest. Todd Gurley last year, his floor wasn't safe because he got hurt at the worst time of the season. Like the to any pick, like you said, Todd Gurley, did we really expect that? I mean, yes, it was a degenerative knee situation, kind of, but like we get people hurt all the time. Yeah, that it doesn't matter what your body mass and body size is. Go back to the season. Remember when Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, who were both first rounders at the time, both got hurt that same year and were out for the season. It just Des Bryant is a freaking rock. Yeah, he got hurt. So, um, no, and by the way, I. I was, gonna, I was say, gonna say I didn't mean to laugh laugh in the middle of your thing, but I was laughing because Barkley laid back down, and in my mind I was gonna be like, "Does that change your opinion?" Because she was whining the entire time Brad did, was making his point. I did hear and that. Yeah, s- settled down when you when he's like, "It's over." So maybe she doesn't agree with you, Brad. I don't think she agrees Ma- with Brad. Maybe not. That's fine. But just just for a, a couple stats to back it up, last year Kareem Hunt had 26 receptions, Damian Williams had 23, and Spencer Ware had 20. Like Spencer Ware was in there on third downs all the time. In, in basically the same number of games. He played 13 games. Kareem Hunt played 11. Damon Williams played 16, but he wasn't playing a whole lot in, in a lot of those right. games until yeah. Hunt went out. So at that point, it's it, they always bring in somebody else on third down, not concerned about it. Like I, I always kind of felt like they did this committee thing anyways. They're just... Andy Reid gets players in an opportunity to have success. He, he will find out where his skill, his strengths are, put him in that position, and then he will be productive. And that's... I, I'm all over... That that ADP on Damian Williams for sure. So it's like the, you guys are gonna, you guys love me. this. You guys love hearing this news. I mean, you're talking about him still oh, yeah. being a top well, ten no. RB. You're gonna I, get I, him a little bit I cheaper. Would, I would have loved the news a month ago, back sure. when I, so I could have stopped drafting Damian Williams in the Fair. second. We should do an over under on touches to him. Like if he gets 15 per game, what's that? 240? Is that a that a solid? Oh, we're number? gonna the last show before the season. We're gonna do a lot of over under stuff. Yeah. Write that one down. Write that we have to do Damian Williams. Damian Williams just touches. All right. Damian Williams touches I, I'm 500. Going, Kidding. Just to let y'all know, I'm going up to Chiefs training camp tomorrow to watch the practice, and so I'll, I'll keep an eye on how much Insider you know. Now that he, he's had some, yeah, he's had some time to to let his hamstring come back. He's he was practicing middle of last week. Let's see how much he's running with the first team offense compared to the yeah, other. Yeah, I, I know he is this morning, and, and and let me know how Carlos Hyde looks too. All right, <laughs> just kidding. 
He's a good looking. I, I'll give you a full report. <laughs> yeah, like I'm excited. Actually. All right, couple injury, <laughs> <laughs> couple injury things uh, from this past week of situations, and uh, we'll just kind of run through them quickly. So Theo Riddick gets signed by the Jeez, Broncos. That didn't take long. Yeah, immediately gets hurt. Immediately out for six to eight weeks. I mean, this Devontae Booker, like, okay, now he was looking at not being on the roster, and now he is. But does this move Philip Lindsay back up a little bit? Like, does this just eliminate the concerns we had about Philip Lindsay? Does it do anything for Royce Freeman for you, Chris? Or is it just like, this is, we're back to no theoretic was on this team, and that's just as is. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I bumped um, Lindsay down a couple spots. I got to bump him up a couple more. I, nothing's really changed for me. I mean, I, I still, I'm still not a big Lindsay guy. He's somebody that I've passed over and, in just about every draft, actually. I don't have any shares, and I probably won't, but this has to help him a little bit. You get Theo Riddick, who we talked about last week, is one of the better pass catchers in the NFL, and he's going to get on the field in third down rolls and, and take something away from him. So now if, you know, if you're a Lindsey guy, you have some shares, Dynasty League, I think it's, you know, it's good for you, good news for you. I still like Freeman. There was a play this past weekend. He looked really explosive, and then he got, you know, he was easily caught. Uh, he's, he's not the quickest guy, but no, uh, I think he'll. Like I, I, I still, yeah, I still like his price. I still like where he's going, and I, I think we can see a step forward from him. But yeah, I, you know, Riddick out. I mean, you, I think you have to bump up, you know, Lindsey for a couple more catches. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I wasn't. I, I'm way lower on Lindsey than everybody else because I, I do think Royce Freeman is going to get a lot more of the the share this year, and I think they realized last year. They, they can't they, this is the same argument for Darwin Thompson in Kansas City you can't take a guy that small and and basically run him into the ground like they did Lindsay last year they the Falcons tried it with Devontae Freeman and he broke down at age 25 and and not that he's not not playing still and can't be productive he's but he's not the same guy that he was yeah three years ago so Lindsay's small he's really fast I think there there's opportunity especially with Joe Flacco Flacco loves dumping the ball off to his running backs that's where Lindsay can shine and and so I, I think in a PPR league Lindsay I could see Lindsay taking you know maybe taking him in the fifth round um, as an upside play but I wouldn't take him as one of my first two primary backs for sure do you think it was something that I, was, I brought up earlier, and it sounds like you agree with me, Brad, is I said that the Denver Broncos backfield this year, it could be the poor version of the Saints backfield with Kamara and Mark Ingram from last year. Yeah, with with a lot less first downs and productivity. But yeah, the, right. the same, the poor the same concept. Just, yeah, yeah. Yep. But so that meaning more Freeman and, and introduced into the offense this year. Uh, Jermaine Curse completely destroyed. I feel bad for that guy. But yeah. Oh, man. His, his leg was destroyed. Like, don't go. This is one of those ones. This is unlike the feet. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is legitimately, if you're grossed out by people breaking things, don't go look at it. Don't uh, watch but, it. Yeah. Yeah. Jermaine Curse out for the year. This doesn't do much except for the fact the only reason I brought this up is because there was a report this morning that's from uh, Therese Paler saying that the Lions plan to see and can use Damian, Danny Amendola in that safety blanket Golden Tate role for Matthew Stafford. Does that make you take a flyer on Amendola late? Or I actually screen capped when the news broke that curse was out and they said there's really nothing else on this roster besides Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Amendola, and I screen capped it and I sent it to Travis Fulgham and I said, "Prove him wrong." So you know, it's like you know, prove that <laughs> hey, there's something boy. else here. Yeah, it's so, good for him. But yeah, yeah it, it could be for an opportunity for him. But you know, he's at best right now fourth. He's a rookie. He's a later rookie anyway. Yeah. Um, but the Amendola interest, anything there, or the only two that you're caring about is Galladay and Marvin Jones. I, I think some slight interest. Uh, I know nobody cares about our fantasy teams. I know an 18 team dynasty league is enough to no, to okay. hold on to him in a full point PPR right, league. Listening. <laughs> but that's enough to hold on to him in, in, in a 16, 18 team setting. In a 12 team league, you're not drafting him, let's be honest. Like, he'll never, you know, he'll never make your roster unless you're just rattled with injuries. But uh, yeah, as a guy, potentially, he could be, you know, Matthew Stafford's one of his favorite targets if he fills that Golden Tate role in the slot. Absolutely. Yeah. And this, I, I you know, we're talking bye week replacement only yeah. here. Grab him on the waiver wire if you've got two or three guys on the same bye week, and when that opportunity comes, and you might get five catches, sixty yards, and and maybe a touchdown. And that's but that's he's not a guy that I'm wanting to start every single week. He's not a guy that I'm scared about other people having him on the roster. So I want to carry him on my bench. I, I'm totally fine leaving him out there. All right. So another one, Trent Taylor, the one practicing and getting all the hype for working with Wes Welker for the 49ers is hurt and sounding like he's going to miss some time. I saw an interesting tweet by somebody who was saying, oh, Trent Taylor's out, so look for potential up, upside from, and, you know, talk about the players on there and could potentially be a starting role, blah, blah, blah. Targets, blah. And nobody brought up Debo Samuel. And I was like, so my question to you guys is, do you think 
at least reading into it, that would be like, hey, maybe this person is assuming what I am and the fact that Demo Samuel is already the number two. Or do you think this is completely somebody else's job altogether, whether you think it's born, whether you think it's Goodwin or Godwin? Goodwin. Goodwin is what I meant to say. I don't know why I changed the Godwin because he's better. But anyway, Goodwin is going to be starting outside and Samuel's not even going to start in the slot. Like, like, where are you trying to break this down as of today? Yeah, I think I think Debo is well. He's got the highest ceiling, right? Well, I mean, Kendrick Bourne showed up at times last year. Jordan Matthews there hasn't been able to stay healthy. Goodwin, same sort of deal. I wasn't even counting Jordan Matthews. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is and shouldn't count anybody else really. Like Goodwin is just somebody who hasn't been able to stay healthy either. There's a couple games with Jimmy Garoppolo where they hooked up deep down the field, and that's all you're going to get. He's, well, he's some a, people were talking up Richie James and Jalen Hurd, which again, I'm Jalen like, Hurd. I've heard, about, I've heard Jalen Hurd. Yeah, get talked why up. are we talking about all these guys and not Debo? Like that's what I, that's what my question is. So I just I just think he's locked in. He's yeah. locked in. They've already said they're Debo. they're concerned more about Dante Pettis right now than they, they are. are. Yeah, there's a lot of negative Pettis. talk about oh, Pettis for thank sure. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you get to that in a second, Brad. I'm glad you. I, I was kind of saving that, but I'm glad you. Yeah, I was going to get into it as well. As there's been okay. A lot well, of go ahead, talk. both you guys, because everybody out there at this point. Well, I'm assuming anybody listening to this podcast, unless this is your first day, which if it is, welcome. Has <laughs> uh, known that I'm arguably. I'm not saying you guys aren't on a different page than I am, but I am arguably at least when you look at rankings. Uh, the lowest on Pettis this year. And I've actually had people in the comments on the website go, why do you hate Pettis? Because anytime you don't have somebody ranked high, it's why you hate somebody. <laughs> yeah, what, but everyone's got him like low 20s. That's too high. Right. I haven't like, I told you it was like 42 in my last update. And then I'm up at, well, actually I double check here. Look, control F, which you guys should use, by the way. Uh, yeah, 42. And people are like, All right. and I have zero shares of Pettis, Chris. Yeah, because... Yeah, for sure. I understand where you're coming from. You have he's just, he's too expensive. I have him slightly, slightly higher than in the 40s. Um, looking right now, it's like mid 30s. I I like what I saw from him last year. I'm not. I'm trying to block out some of the noise. There's been a lot of negative reports. Um, just you know, they expect a little bit more from him in year two. Um, but I mean, to me, though, he had some solid games down the stretch. I mean, seven for 129, seven for one for 49, 83. I mean, he had a, a stretch there where he had three, four touchdowns in three games. So I, I think he is. I think he's the number two there, and Kittle obviously is solidified as the number one option in this passing <laughs> game. <one. laughs> um, and you're just looking for other guys to step up. So I, I think Debo. I agree with Brad. I think he's. I think he's locked in. I, I'm not worried about Pettis. I, he is that trendy, very topical breakout guy that I probably won't have a lot of shares of either. I got him at 30. I think that's fair in my rankings. Right in around there with Allen Robinson, Sterling Shepard, had a Melshon Jeffrey, like. It's a number two. He's upside to be a two, but he's more of a three number and probably two. flex. Yeah, number two. Yeah, number and two. consensus on Fantasy Pros right now, he's 34. So, um, I, and I think that's probably fair. There there are guys right in that range that I would probably take over him, especially with the current news. Like, I would take Curtis Samuel over him right now. Um, I like I still like Sterling Shepard um, as an option in there um, because these are guys who have, have at least proven or shown some upside, whereas – Pettis was a lot more streaky last year, and that's not a guy I want in my lineup every single week. I I would be a lot more comfortable with him as a as my fourth receiver, where he's replacing somebody on a bye week or if somebody gets hurt, as opposed to just plugging him into my starting lineup. And um, but yeah, I think Debo's I think Debo's in there. I think I think Pettis ends up probably being the starter. They're probably trying to just light a fire under him a little bit. Um, I think Marquis Goodwin. I I've heard reports that he could be cut and. Yeah, you know, because Kendrick Bourne's a, a I don't think Kendrick Bourne's special a fantasy teams. option as a receiver, but he's a special teams guy. Yeah. And, um, they, you know, the 49ers are hopeful Trent Taylor is going to be back. I, I do like Jalen Hurd kind of in that same Trent Taylor role, um, the slot guy underneath with with a lot of dynamic playmaking ability. Um, so I, I think that's an option. Like, I, I'm, you know what this oh sounds boy. like? The, no, 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 seriously. But what it sounds like, like, okay. let's let's even assume let's just put the assumption out there. Jimmy Garoppolo throws for four. Forty-two hundred yards and twenty-eight touchdowns. He's almost as good as everybody wants him to be. Like obviously, forty-five and thirty something would be better. But I'm just putting a decent number out there. Let's just assume sure. that. Even with that, is this not just turning into a different and maybe a slightly better version of the Jaguars or the Bills, where it's like I don't want any of the receivers. Like there's going to be zero consistency here. Nobody probably gets to a thousand yards. Nobody probably gets to seven touchdowns. And it's just like the only guy you want is George Kittle, the backfield, and Garoppolo. Yeah, and I, I, you know, when you got the late flyers, I would, I'm a lot more comfortable taking a flyer on Debo Samuel in in what the 17th oh, round or something as a, as, a, we, as opposed this to this show. This show is Team Debo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snatching yeah, chains. We, there's no question. This guy's got unbelievable ability, and and 
and athletic ability. And all he's got to do is just kind of learn some nuances of the NFL and he's going to be a star. And um, I, I think the better he is, the better that actually is for Kittle. And I now, because of this news, I like, I think Kittle's just going to be peppered like crazy. A lot of people think he's going to regress a little bit because he had so many yards after catch last year. I, that's just him. I just think that, that the opportunity is there to, to almost duplicate what he did last year because he's, he did that last year yeah, he didn't have a whole lot of help at receiver, but he also was playing with backup quarterbacks the whole year. And now you've got a guy that's the unquestioned starter that that is just going to feed him the ball. I, I could see him putting up another 1,300-yard season. Yeah, he made Nick Mullins look real good last year. <laughs> yes, good. he did. Good old Nick Mullins. God, that bad. Didn't C.J. Beathard get a few starts in yes. there? Like this? Yeah, I mean, he got hurt, too. too. I, yeah. I, have, I have some confidence in Kyle Shanahan that he could, you know, utilize a guy like Debo and still Dante Pettis. Like, that's why I was excited. I was pretty excited last year about Pettis, not to the fact where I was drafting him and plugging him in and thinking that he'd be a, a stud, but I, I got some confidence in Shanahan. He's, a, he's an offensive <laughs> mind, man. I think Again. Tevin Coleman will bounce back this year, too, to be decent. Well, now Jarek McKinnon yes. is Gotta love that. missing time again already. So that that definitely look. If you're telling me that Jarek McKinnon is not starting or not out there for Week One, and now we're down to Coleman, Breida, uh, Moster, and uh, then I'm gonna feel a lot better about Tevin Coleman. Yeah. I just woke up Barkley by doing that. <laughs> anybody uh, doing that? Uh, real quick, this last one. Kiki QT hurt his ankle. I, I really, you, Chris, you put this in there. I missed this injury. Um, the thing is with this, this is another situation that didn't affect me. And that's maybe why I missed it or wasn't paying attention because I've been completely out on Will Fuller and Kiki QT as much as I like both talent-wise. Actually, I have one share of Will Fuller. It's only a best ball because that's the only place I'm ever taking Will Fuller anyway because yeah. he's Deshaun Jackson at the peak of his career. But all that being said is we're still talking about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is going to pass more than Cam Newton and stuff like that. And the only reason I draw that parallel is because with Cam Newton in the passing game, as much as you like Curtis Samuel, you have to temper expectations if you think DJ Moore is still going to do well and Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey. Like, the point being is when you have offenses like that and you're going down this road of the quarterback is not a high-volume passer, not throwing for 30-plus every single game, and then you say, well, I like this guy, this guy, and this guy. If we're going three wide receiver deep, Will Fuller and Kiki QT both going inside the first eight rounds for me, Chris, was always too much. Yeah. If you're telling me that QT is out for a little while, I could maybe get on Will Fuller in some redrafts, even though I'd still, I wouldn't be happy about it. But are you with that? Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say hope that he misses time, but like you would feel better and that's still not great to say, but you feel better about Fuller if he misses time. And are you on the same page as if all three are healthy, you, you think the price is too high. Yeah. I think the price is too high. I just got, yeah, I put this in there. I mean, you got the gist of it was listen, like we all like Deshaun Watson. We think he can take a step forward, but two of his three wide receivers, I mean, it's a very small sample size with QT, but he only played six games last year. He's already hurt. Ankle injury doesn't seem to be significant, but it could be, you know, you know, never know. Those high ankle, high ankle sprains could be two to four, six weeks. He's probably not going to be ready with the team week one. And then we have a guy in Will Fuller who's only played 31 games in three years. And we like the upside, but I just – now I have some concerns with Watson as, like, arguably the second – I mean, consensus is he's quarterback two off the board now with all this Andrew Luck news. So – yeah, kind of a pass from everyone besides Hopkins is going to be a stud. I, I wonder now with Duke Johnson going over there, does he like play, you know, do they line him up sometimes in the slot? Do they go two running back sets? Like, does he get this significant boost now that he comes over to Houston and a guy like Kiki QT? What if you're in week four and QT is gone and Fuller is gone? I and mean, that's a possibility. <laughs> like Duke might be the second passing option in this game. Or in this team, on this uh, team. Going back, I'll tell you, this, this is where Carter and Vincent with a Y and yeah, what? weird spelled name. <laughs> yeah, we're going back. To yeah, that. but Vin Actually, Vincent with a Vincent, Y to yeah. me is is the guy to pay attention to here, especially in a deeper league, because this guy is a freak athlete. He is a freak athlete. He's a four four three. Got super high burst score, super high agility score, super high speed score. He's six two, two hundred pounds. Like, and he's got a huge catch radius, really long arms. So I I think I think this guy. Um, you know, it is is an opportunity to take a step forward. It's his third year now, and or second year now, and so everybody's um, no one knows about this guy, and and it's possible in this offense with this injury to Kiki, with you know with the always possible injury to Fuller, that this guy might step up and be a guy this year 
that not not so much that he's going to be a, a, a top 30, 40 receiver, but a guy that you might want to hang on to, especially in a dynasty league, because I think there is opportunity there for this guy down the road. Well, I think we need to pay attention to this team over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, because somebody has to step up. There's going to be an opportunity for one of these guys or two of these guys. Would they draft like four wide receivers? Like they're they're desperate. Yeah, and Cahill Waring, who still hasn't practiced. Yeah. They're, they're oh, you're talking about spot. the Texans? Yeah, Texans tied in. Yeah. No, 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 no. I meant to Chris's question. What the wide you're receivers? Talking, the, yeah, you're talking about drafted in general. Yeah, or drafted in general. This year? Most no. Oh, okay, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say they picked up a bunch of undrafted free agents. Undrafted. Agency, yeah, I think they have yeah. like what four four rookies something like. There's it's a bunch of people like Tyron I Johnson, would be surprised. I think, yeah, I'd be surprised if any of them make the, yeah. the roster. Well, I mean, so we'll see. To, for reference, real quick, I wanted to so you guys know where they're going since we're talking about it. So Will Fuller is going seventh round, 32nd, 33rd wide receiver off the board. And then Kiki QT. Well, see, I guess this is one of those instances where it's different in the industry than people drafting at home because Kiki QT is only in the 10th round. I have not been in a draft. I don't know about you two guys, but I haven't been in a draft. We just did the flex leagues. He's going to the, like the eighth round. Like people are taking him well before that. And of course the injury is going to change that value. But yeah. I think that this is one of those things too. When we talk about this all the time, when we talk about rankings and projections, you do this all the time, make sure you double check ADP because even if we were on the flip side saying you should take Will Fuller as the 20th wide receiver off the board. Well, he's the 32nd. So, you know, you could still probably take him as the 26th and get him if you're a fan. So make sure you always double check that. But for one thing real quick, to give you the guys' stats on this, there wasn't a lot of overlap with these two last year, obviously, because they both missed right. a, a, a decent amount of time. The one overlap we did have where they both had a good game, all that being said, it was that big, it was that fun game as the Texans at the Colts that went into overtime. That was the big game. Hopkins had 12 targets, 10 catches, 169, and a touchdown. So <laughs> Kiki QT finished 11 for 109. Will Filler finished 4 for 49 with a touchdown on five targets. QT saw 15. That's the thing. If Fuller doesn't score that touchdown, you're like, whatever. And then yeah. the next game was completely the opposite, where QT against the uh, the Cowboys, six for seven for a touchdown. And in week five, Will Fuller had two of three for 15. So point being is it almost seems like, and then here, I'll actually I'll give you guys week six and seven because they played together too. Week six was three of five for 33 for QT, one of three for three yards for QT. And in those two games for Fuller, it was two of three for 15 and two of three for 33. The majority of games playing together with all three of them makes it sound like, holy crap, you don't even want either of them. Now you, you want one of them to go away for the other one to <laughs> succeed is what it kind of seems like. I would honestly like to see this, see all three at, at full health and what they could do because it, you know, it doesn't seem like they've had a lot of time to It might be frustrating for fantasy, for but fun to see. Yeah. Fun to see from real life. Cause yeah, I, Obviously, we know the upside with Fuller. I mean, if 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 we told, I mean, Brad, if I told you he was going to play 16 games this year, you'd probably bump him up your rankings. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. yeah, you might have 20 touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably have like a good <laughs> eight or nine 100 games. yard games. Yeah, definitely doesn't take too much. I gotta tell you, if, if if you could tell me today, Will Fuller's playing 16 games. I will in DFS every single week have one stack of to. Watson and Fuller every to. Actually, you know what? Yeah. I'd probably do the triple stack. I would do Watson, Hopkins, Fuller. Put Hopkins yes. there too. Yeah. Yeah. At least one lineup every Absolutely. single week. Yeah. All, right. All right. So this week is NFC North, and this works because some of the Giants last week when we didn't have a lot of talk about. We already touched on this team today, and that's I don't tell you. I picked the team we're going to talk about because it's the least the one to talk about. And that's the Detroit Lions. We've already talked about the Amendola situation and Fulgham. Just remember that name. Obviously, necessarily for this year. But the only things we really haven't talked about is the backfield. How high are you on on Johnson? Are you thinking that we kind of touched on the Ty Johnson stepping into the theoretic role? You brought this up, Brad, but that can actually fit between the tackles better. But let's specifically focus on one thing we like haven't talked about yet is Hawkinson in the tight end position. This is an offense that is a little bit different with Patricia, but is an offense that does go for their tight end. Hawkinson can stay on the field because he was arguably one of the best blockers in the draft class. Are you and Hawkinson at all as a rookie because he's going to get so many snaps even as a rookie, similar to the Evan Ingram situation where it was he fell into that role because they needed him to be Chris? Or are you looking at the backfield and carry on only? Are you carry on and only the wide receiver, like Marvin Jones? And Like, what are you on this team? Is is there any interest? Uh, yeah, I have a little bit of interest, not a ton. Uh, I don't know still if I want to pay the price for carry on. 
I think he can take that step forward. I like the fact that Theo Riddick is gone, but I do feel like C.J. Anderson is going to be the goal line back there. I think Patricia's just going to use him, and and that concerns me just a little bit. Um, but Hawkinson, yeah, you, you mentioned it. I mean, great blocker. This is a team that wants to run the football. I've heard some positive reports from him in camp, too. I don't believe he, he did a whole lot in his first preseason game. He mostly just kind of stood on the sidelines. But um, there's an opportunity for him to stay on the field. And, you know, 12-team leagues, probably not. Deeper formats, dynasties, keeper leagues, rookie-only drafts. This guy's going pretty early, and I, and I understand it. So I, I'm excited about the future. I think it's going to take some time. But for the most part, like the only guy in this offense I really want a piece of is is Galladay. I just I think he's he proved last year he can be a true one. He can take on top coverage. And I just think he's a stud, and I think he can take another step forward. But this this is a team to me. I feel like they want to run the football. Like they're going to use both running backs. Yeah, I, I I'm actually okay with a you know the the fact that Matt Stafford played with a broken back some of last year or a fractured back or whatever, I, I think there's a chance that this offense is quite a bit better than they were last year. And I, I am totally fine with every single one of these guys you mentioned, especially at their prices. I'm fine getting carry on in the third as my second running back. Um, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily taking a flyer on Ty Johnson later, but Hawkinson in the 13th round, um, you know, as as a second tight end, yeah, why not? There's, there's a ton of upside there, and that's all you're kind of looking for with a second tight end. Um, you know, Marvin Jones at his price, Kenny Galladay at his price. What's Galladay a fourth round, fifth round pick right now? I don't want them all on one single team, but I on, spread them out over a bunch of teams. There isn't Nobody a single does. guy in this. Yeah, there isn't a single guy that we've mentioned right here that I have a problem taking um, at that value. So I, I think they all have some upside because I think the offense can take a step forward. And I've grabbed Matthew Stafford in a lot of best balls as a third quarterback, like 19th round, third quarterback. Why not? Because he's got a lot of decent weapons around well, him. There's just an the opportunity. I mean, you, I was going to say for your, you say you have no problem. You're not taking Matthew Stafford in a redraft anywhere in a 12. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. But, but to, it, you know, in a redraft, I, I typically don't even, <laughs> I just typically don't even draft a backup quarterback. I just grab one and then I'll, I'll grab somebody for a, a bye week um, down the road or cause there's usually guys on the waiver wire. Um, but, but all, every single guy that we mentioned, I'm, I'm totally fine with. Fair enough. I'm totally fine with her. Uh, Marvin Jones. We'll get out of here on this. Is he potentially one of the most undervalued wide receivers right now? Like, it was, like people just forgot. I think that so. Marvin he's Jones cheap. Was... Yeah. I mean, he could be yeah. the number two on the team that could be playing catch up a lot. I, I don't understand. I hear some people say that you know Patricia doesn't like Marvin Jones or Stafford doesn't like Marvin Jones. I don't know where they're getting that from. Marvin Jones has been <laughs> one of Stafford's boys for a long time now. It's just like we'll, a couple of years we'll removed from a, a real solid season. We'll play a little trivia for you guys to get out of here. ADP, I told you Will Fuller. Uh, it's was, it was actually 707, so you know what it is using fantasy football calculator. Uh, Chris, Kiki QT's actual, I told you the 10th round. Uh, what's his wide receiver number off the board? Uh, oh, 49? Oh, it's, it's higher than that. 30, 35. No, it's 48. Oh, man. So, so there you well, go. Well, at that point, then I'll take, I'll take a flyer on him as the 48th wide receiver. Absolutely. Kiki? All right, so, so yeah, yeah, I mean, he's gonna fall uh, down too. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. <laughs> the difference between playing in your home league and yeah, I mean, yeah, his price is gonna be even cheaper. Like I'll spend that price in QT. I wasn't spending the eighth rounder, but no. I'll take the tenth rounder on all sure, time. I mean, so not? to bring this up, and I just found interesting because we're talking about from do, two different ways, from experiences that we're seeing, from drafts that we're seeing, which is probably gonna give you a clue of where his draft stock is right now. Chris, you want to guess where Marvin Jones is? Uh, I think he's going actually a little bit earlier. Uh, wide receiver forty. Brad, mm, I think it's I think it's a little higher than that. So if Kuti was forty eight, I'll say thirty six. Yeah, Brad wins that one. Thirty four. So maybe people don't hate him as much as I thought they do. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I again. I don't mind him. Perceptions everything. I, I will <laughs> say this: he's going ahead of Sammy Watkins, and there's no way I'm buying that one. No, I'll take okay. Sammy Watkins over him all day if just because of the. Look, yeah, Upside. just take the name off the back of the jersey. You're the number two wide receiver in the Chiefs' offense. I don't care who. Like, I I can't imagine very many better situations. Yeah, and and he's going behind the number two on Detroit. The number, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, the number two in Houston. Yeah, I I'm I'm taking Chiefs. The the Chiefs, like you said, Chiefs second receiver. It could even if Sammy Watkins gets hurt, he's, put Demarcus Robinson in there. The volume is just going to be insane. It, this is the you're gonna the, I want to hold on. Oh, so say something quick, Chris, because I want to tick off Brad before we end the show. Okay, well, yeah. But this another news that report I was saying this is back to Antonio Brown. It's come full circle now. So we start with him and we'll finish with him. 
It's just, um, no, I, <laughs> I guess you're getting one more thing. Brady's actually <laughs> stepped up and said that he hated the, to give up the old helmet too. Like I just like, I hadn't heard any players talk about it and it's Tom Brady. Just thought it was kind of interesting. He did not want to part yeah, with that. Helmet. I mean, yeah, I can understand. Like, I always kind of thought that too, like the vision thing, which I guess Antonio is, well, that's his biggest complaint is that he can't see as well. Like I've seen some running backs. I mean, like, you yeah, look, I struggled to see the entire field playing flag football and there's nothing on my head. Like this. And I watched it. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I can't imagine having that thing like right in the corner of your eye. So like, you know, Hey, to your point, like, but guess what? It's all about the, if you're going to complain about the safety, the entire point was the helmets were changed for safety. And so this is what I want to tick off Brad with like, to get out of here. Brad, you bring up the number twos and you say all these number twos and all these numbers twos and all these number twos. You're going to love this. Dante Pettis, almost a full two rounds in front of Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, that primarily though, that was because people thought Dante Pettis was going to be the number one receiver. And now that's, there's a question. It's the 49ers. Like we're just all assuming that again, that Garoppolo is going to be amazing. Okay, fine. How about this? You didn't get it ticked off enough about that. Did you, did you notice the Will Fuller one? The Will Fuller is a full round in front of him. Is that, is that, yeah, that, that's, that's one I have a problem with. Just, it's just, and they both have basically the same injury history. So it's not, you know, Watkins ADP has a lot of injury risk baked into it. And, but Fuller has the same risk. And, and especially he's coming off an ACL that he did in like week nine or something last year. It was a really late ACL. So he, I think there's going to be a chance that he's not even back to full strength when the season starts, even if he's healthy and, and playing, he's not going to be quite as explosive for a few weeks into the season. Yeah. I think there's more Uh, risk in Fuller, to be honest. I'm with you. If you told me I had to go play as a bet in Vegas and who plays 15 games, it wouldn't be on Fuller. It'd be on Marvin Jones. But if I had to tell you bet on podcast and the site and everything to listen to, you're already doing it at The Athletic. Make sure, again, if you want to check out baseball, we have those podcasts going through the end of the season. So you're going to get covered if you're still in your hunt, as some of you might be. But we'll be back on Wednesday to talk more fantasy football and get the AFC. Or no, we did the AFC. This is the NFC North covered for you guys it is at chris meany for chris meany at brad ziggler for brad ziggler and at on kid you know that for me and have a good one everybody